Welcome to ADHD is over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is over. Hello, hello, and welcome back, dear listeners. If you have come back, thank you for coming back. If you're new, welcome to our podcast. ADHD is over. Today is a special day. Why? Because I say so. And why isn't every day special? And why isn't every person special and unique? Every individual is unique. We all are different human beings. And guess what? We have different brains. No brain is ever the same. There is no copy of your brain. So therefore, and I know you probably have a feeling where I'm going with this, there is also no normal brain. That's right. Like uh, Dr. Armstrong said on our podcast, um, actually when we interviewed him, he said it first, the video footage, as I was reviewing it, and it made it ultimately into our teaser trailer for ADHD's Over the Documentary. He said, where is, you know, if there is a normal brain, show me a normal brain. Where is it? Is it somewhere under a glass jar in a museum? There's a normal brain, right? We all know that's not true, that does not exist. But here's the thing, before I go further, I just want to pay tribute to um, Gabor Mate, Dr. Gabor Mate, who's been on our podcast. He recently um, released his new book. I just got mine in the mail. It is a very, very thick book. Um, It has upwards of, it's close, yeah, it's a little over 500 pages. And it is called The Myth of Normal. Dr. Gabor Mate um, co-authored this with Daniel Mate, his son. And so the book is called The Myth of Normal, Trauma, Illness, and Healing in a Toxic Culture. Can't wait to sink my reading teeth into it. I got inspired just by reading the title, The Myth of Normal, and also reflecting on Dr. Thomas Armstrong's statement of there is no normal brain. If there is, show it to me. Where is it? And I got to a point where I personally strongly feel that none of us intuitively, you know, at the core, from the bottom of our souls, ever would be interested in being considered normal. I think that is something that was celebrated maybe in the 50s. I don't know. Certainly, probably not in the 60s, maybe early 60s, but 60s or 70s were far from normal or, you know, people were coming out of their shells and celebrating their uniqueness or their wildness or craziness and so forth. 
and then perhaps somewhere we got kind of stuck back in a little bit into a somewhat normal maybe i don't know the 90s maybe 2000 and i feel we're we're really entering this era of streamlining things automating things making things repeatable right that's what artificial intelligence is about is it's for the artificial intelligence to observe patterns and to be able to repeat them or create new ones or 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 but see i always say the hardest person or the hardest hardest brain or mind to copy or to observe and to uh perhaps analyze as being full of patterns the hardest ones are the unpredictable ones what are they going to do next well i don't know well if you don't know then the artificial intelligence also cannot capture the patterns and cannot logically in, in its own intelligent mind in its artificial mind cannot predict or recreate or copy or whatnot because the the patterns are unpredictable moment to moment well unpredictability has a lot to do with impulsivity and you know where I'm going with this I've said this before many times on the podcast is that impulsivity is actually a very very positive thing to be impulsive is to trust our intuition and yes when you have a three-year-old that's impulsive to run into the street after a ball that's our job as parents or adults to to guide them to not to do that there's certain impulses that are not yet guided by our internal guidance system as we grow older more mature as we educate ourselves around our inner workings then we can uh, calibrate our internal guidance system our intuition so then when we get an impulse it is one we get to follow act upon right and see if it leads to a fulfilling result or perhaps to a disappointing result. I hate to say uh, uh, success or failure or good or bad, but ultimately is um, it's, a, it's a try, fail, try, fail, try, fail, triumph. Like one of my favorite prints from an artist um, collective called Circle, is a poster I own, basically says on many lines, try, fail, try, fail, try, fail, try, fail. And at the end it says try, fail, triumph and same we do with our guidance system so why am i talking about this why is this important well because in a world where we are sort of attempting to observe patterns and in essence we celebrate predictability because it's easiest for artificial intelligence or even just natural intelligence to predict what's going to happen next and therefore it is good for capitalism good for business when we can predict what someone is going to do next that is what social media uh, engines and uh, TikTok and any of these platforms that we suspect and ultimately we know intuitively that these services um, obviously are in the business of predicting what the, the consumer is going to do next or what he prefers or likes or the habits and so forth, right? Again, predictability. Predictability sells. So in an era where that's important, you could see how having norms or normal people or groups of people who act the same 
is more beneficial to capitalism than having a lot of individuals who are unique and who are a bit more unpredictable, right? Now, you know, if we, if we look at uh, the word um, normal, right? And I'm just going to uh, put this in here. For example, normal in the dictionary says conforming to a standard, usual, typical, or expected. Let me say that one more time. Normal is conforming to a standard, usual, typical, or expected. So let's dissect it a little bit. Conforming means that there is a standard in this case and that instead of going your own way or living to your own standard or doing something based on your own standard or vision or impulse, you're conforming. You're in a way giving up your own your own individual intuitive desire or standard or whatever, you're giving that up in order to believe in or be part of a standard. Well, what's a standard? Well, again, it's kind of a circle here. A norm or a standard, it's usually something that's measured by science or academia, you know, with numbers. You could say we interviewed a thousand parents uh, you know, whether they've had a C-section or a natural birth, right? A thousand mothers. And then we find out that 700 of them had uh, a C-section and only 300 had a natural birth. So it'd be easy to, to craft a headline that says, oh, most mothers have had C-sections or the majority of mothers, a high percentage of mothers. It seems to be more common that, you know, you see where I'm going with this, right? So we take a sort of majority of numbers, and often I've seen studies do that, even when it was 51% to 49, they would say the majority or a higher percentage. And then that's all we read, right? And to me, that's a sort of a macro microcosm, if you will, because you look around our world and we live by norms and standards. But rarely do we actually stop and question and say, hold on, why is this considered normal? Or why is this supposed to be the standard that I'm conforming to? And remember in the definition, it said conforming to a standard, usual, typical, or expected. Well, usual and typical are kind of like, you get the idea. Again, if more people do it, it seems to be the norm. If more people do it, it should be the standard. But the word expected, again, is this idea of being able to predict, expect how something's going to go. And again, that can only be done on the basis of, uh, you know, having some kind of predictability, having people who, uh, uh, in a way, conform to a standard, and now they're all part of the standard, and now we can measure it, and so forth, right? So when I say proud to be abnormal... I really mean that in a way that, and you, you know, we've gotten a lot of feedback, a lot of great feedback. And thank you uh, to those of you who left feedback, who sent emails and notes and social media comments uh, around our episode, Stop Being Proud of Having ADHD. Because as you can guess, this episode is related to that episode, Proud to be Abnormal. 
when we are proud of having ADHD the way it's currently been presented in our society, we are essentially proud of having a disempowering label, proud of having, uh, uh, you know, it's a bit of the victimhood mentality and making the best of it. And I'm not knocking that. I'm all about always making the best of what's at hand. But when we kind of get lost there, we settle, we're kind of in the comfort zone and we're using the crutch and we're being proud of having a disorder, then it is essentially like saying there's something wrong with me, but it's a superpower, but see how I make the best of it, etc. right? In this episode saying proud to be normal, sorry, abnormal, proud to be abnormal, what we're saying is if everyone out there is saying we should be normal, right? If you have an abnormal brain with this so-called disorder, you know, currently known as ADHD, if that's abnormal, and trust me, the way the label is set up and the way the agreement in the world is, and the way children feel about themselves when they hear that they have a brain disorder or that there's a chemical imbalance or they got to take medication, they have a disorder, they got to go to special ed, blah, blah, blah. They don't feel normal, right? In the sort of sense of like, they just don't feel like they fit in. There's something wrong with them. So when we do that, they feel abnormal. But they're not inspired to really be proud to be abnormal, meaning they're never really exp- we never explain to them what normal is and how actually it's a good thing not to be normal, right? So it really is a, a conversation worth having with our children that, look, if you've ever been told you're not normal or you don't feel normal, that's a good thing. Because normal, and this is my interpretation, is boring because it's repetitive, it's predictable, it's expected, it's what everyone else does. It's often done by people. Those standard, standards are often set by people who live their lives based on the approval of others. That's what gives them some sense of fitting in, belonging, some sense of comfort. They're not ruffling anyone's feathers. They're not rocking any boats. They're living a fairly, quote-unquote, normal life until they die. Now, I'm not interested in that kind of life. If you are and it fulfills you, that's okay. There's no judgment. I'm personally not interested in living a normal life and looking for the approval of others. It is a hard thing to shake. We often are trapped in that culturally, societally. Families, you know, that don't allow for full self-expression, families that frown upon any kind of other sexual or gender identity or, or even going through a divorce or having an alternative type of relationship or you name it, like for the son to suddenly step outside of the family business and start his own thing. There's many things that, you know, we feel trapped in that we can't just do our own thing and we have to please others or so we, we feel and I'm not interested in, in, in that kind of life. A lot of people are leading those kind of lives. Again, at the end of the day, before we go to bed, if you can look in the mirror and say, I'm fulfilled, I'm happy, I'm on the right path, I'm doing what I love, I'm creating something I, I'm proud of, good for you. That's where we all want to stand at the end of the day before we go to bed. But when we look in the mirror and realize, oh, 
uh, we're living a normal life and, and everybody's, you know, I'm pleasing people and everybody seems to like me and I, I'm okay. I'm doing okay financially. I have a family. I have a car. I have a go on vacations. I have kids, a dog, you know, it's all there. But if we do feel like that's just not it, then I invite you to step outside of that box and say, you know what? I've now lived a normal life. I've, I've gotten the approval of people, um, but I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. What's next? Well, it's very simple. If we start sharing that with our children at an early age and we explain to them what normal is, what standards are, how science decides on studies and why this is called abnormal, normal, why there's a disorder label made up. If we can have that conversation around children, and we've had this conversation with our son, uh, Kai, who's now 13, we've had it at different you know, times in his life, and he gets it. He now understands for the most part, and there'll be more conversations to be had, but he really gets it and we rarely talk about it anymore and he doesn't mention it and it doesn't come up and it doesn't bother him and it's not who he is and it's part of his past and you know, yes, we're working on the documentary and the podcast, but the conversation around it is a very sort of civil, mature conversation around what, what's normal and what's abnormal and why would anyone in this world want to live a normal life other than being in a comfort zone and feeling safe but not the kind of safe that's really safe, but the avoidance of any kind of, you know, rocking the boat scenario where one would have to step up and really question everything and really do the work. That's not the kind of normal and safe life I want to live. And so this episode was just a quick rant to explore. And, you know, anytime you see the word normal, anytime you hear abnormal, anytime you hear standard, or anytime you hear someone say most people, or they say, or I heard it on the news, or this is, you know, most people do this, question it for yourself. You know, I do this a lot nowadays when somebody says, well, they said it was going to be blah, blah, blah. I go like, who is they? But I don't mean it in a derogatory or sarcastic way. I really want to know, like, who, who is they? Is it the scientists that the government appointed, or is it uh, an article you read in the New York Times, or what? what is they? What are you basing that on, right? And then from there, we can go deeper. From there, we can, we can go read other articles or listen to other scientists or look at the numbers. You know, we don't, you, know, you and I don't have to go too deep on an issue that's, you know, it's, it's maybe not our passion, right? How much time do we really have to go super deep, right? But even just a a couple of layers. I think it's worth it just to ask some questions and go, says who? Normal based on what? What standard? Who said it? And then ask the most important questions like, what do I feel? What do I believe and why? And perhaps do I have an impulse to maybe first try something different before I get reactive and do what I've been told? Can I explore the inner workings of myself first, of my child first? Can we take, you know, some time out? That's really what I wanted to talk about. So if you've ever been, ever been called abnormal or too much, or your child has, right? To this, to that, 
not normal, not right, broken, disordered, whatever. Just stop and say, based on what? Says who? And then look at the evidence. Look at, look at the, you know, the science. So anyway, I think we're having some audio issues here. Um, I'm going to cap it here at this, this stage. Um, thank you for listening. This was uh, Proud to be Abnormal. And I hope you got some value from this. And you're creating a powerful day for yourself, your family. And just keep asking the questions. You know, if you see the emperor not wear any clothes, say something. Maybe ask the person next to you, hey, look, I'm, I'm looking at the emperor and he's naked. I don't see any clothes. Do you see clothes? Right? There's no harm in that. Even if they think you're crazy, eventually the right people will be around you and the wrong people will start to disappear. Right? Meaning the people that support you being somebody who questions the norm. And those who are afraid to question the norm or they're too lazy to question the norm or they've been so brainwashed that they believe there's only one side to the whole narrative, they will disappear. And that's okay. They have their own journey. No judgment. Let them go on their journey and we stay on ours. We keep asking questions. Who says this is normal? And what do they base their opinion on? Yay. Proud to be abnormal. Have an amazing day. Until next time, if you want to email us, go to www.adhdsover.com. Send us an email, a comment, sign up to be kept up to date on the documentary, the podcast, further projects. Thank you. Thank you so much for your attention. Your attention is your most valuable commodity and you've given it generously. So we really appreciate it. Until next time, be well.